Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Small doses. Self-help from the hip. Small doses. We're talking that shit. Small doses. And keeping it real. Small doses. With me and Seals. So funky. <laughs> Welcome to Small Doses, Side Effects of Deconstructive Karen. We're we not even going to do a whole, we already in it. So I am here with Syra Rao and Regina Jackson. And like many folks, I became in tune <laughs> with you all during this pandemic when you started doing these deconstructing Karen dinners. And everybody like saw this clip that was floating around where this white lady found out in real time that just because she was sleeping with black men, that that (laughs) didn't mean she couldn't be racist against black men. And it was like seeing the horror come across her face of dun, dun, dun. Um, (laughs) I think it was, it was like a very uh, palpable and like, just enjoyable thing for, I think, a lot of us to, to witness during a very dark time. But I wanted to just from jump get into, like, what made you all even start this? Because to my understanding, these were in Canada, right? These were not in the States? Or were they in the States? No, they're in the U.S. Okay. They, they were in the someone, States. Someone told me it was Toronto. And I was like, I don't know. They feel real American white. Yeah. <laughs> that's where the documentary premiered was uh, Canada. But we started this because Syra ran for office in 2018, way before George Floyd and white people discovered racism. So Syra ran against a longtime Democratic congresswoman, and her whole platform was anti-racism. So every time she would give a speech or a talk, white women would line up around the corner They wanted to talk to Syra, and what they wanted to say was not me. I'm not racist. So I had a white woman friend in the neighborhood who says, I'm done with Syra. And where is this in America? Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado. So I go to Syra, and I say, so-and-so wants to meet with you. Syra goes, Regina, I'm not doing that anymore. She said, I'm paying for breakfast, lunch, dinner, cocktails. I'm paying for a babysitter. I'm meeting with all these white ladies, and they're not going to vote for me anyway. She said, but I'll tell you what. If your friend wants to have a dinner and invite some of her white lady friends, and you do it with me, she said, we can do that. So we had a couple of those, and take it from there, Syra. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this her friend, her friend. Um, (laughs) who said that Syra hates white people. The straw that broke that Karen's back was by saying that Beto O'Rourke is a white savior. And if you live in Texas, vote for him and donate money to him because I just did. And so white supremacy depends on false binaries. Like it's got to be either or. Multiple things can be and are true. And that was it. So yeah, we, I posted about it on Facebook. And it went viral. The next thing you know, we have hundreds of Karens raising their hand. I want to do a dinner. I want to do a dinner. Oh, wow. So Regina came up with the title, Race to Dinner. This is in February of 2019. I, and Patty Ivan Specht, who is the director of Deconstructing Karen, reaches out to me over DMs. And she's like, I've been following your congressional race and I've been wanting to do a movie about the work, but I couldn't figure out a way to ground it. And now there are these dinners. And Regina and I were like, yeah, this white lady in LA is going to actually come out. <laughs> To Denver and do a movie. And there she shows up in, in the summer of 2019 with her f- whole film crew. And we shoot the dinner. And that's what you see in Deconstructing Karen. And the reason it world premiered in Toronto is that all the American film festivals ran for the hills. They saw it and they're like, this is too toxic. So the CBC bought it after seeing it hot docs in Toronto, aired it two days later. Jesse Waters on Fox News does a full five minute story wow. hit piece saying did. that running it in Canada is the equivalent of Canada declaring war on the United States and compared it to Pearl Harbor. So talk about the dumbification of people. And that's like the most watched media outlet show in the world. And so this is how people become, this is why we are where we are is because of people like Jesse Waters. So my question when these people leave these dinners is like, have you seen any of them behave differently after the dinner? 
or do they just leave in a huff? Well, that dinner that was on, <laughs> that was videoed, a lot of people left in a huff. Let me say that. But what we have now is we have created a community where these women can stay connected to women around the world who have done race to dinners. So we have a community where they stay connected. You know, we can talk about doing the work. They can bring up issues that they're having. They can have events in different places and get invitations out to people. So we maintain a community for those women. What yeah, do they do? I would do? also say that. Oh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I, w- I would just say, though, that back to what's happening right now and like with guns. So like the rubber hits the road with it's, they go on these unlearning journeys or these learning journeys for years. Like when does your journey end? When does the bus stop (laughs) on your journey and you take a pit stop to do some shit? Right. And that's that's my question. (laughs) Yeah. And so I would say, honestly, like I'm done trying to even sugarcoat this in my own mind. I would say maybe 5% of the people 5% 5% of these white women have gone above and beyond because you can talk and you can talk and you can talk and you can yes, stay in touch. But like, are you showing up for children? And I can say, no, you're not even showing up for your own white children because we had an action in Denver on June 5th. Thousands of them said they were going to be there. Maybe a thousand actually showed up. These women like RSVPS for weddings and go. They, I mean, they'll knife fight each other to go to a Taylor Swift concert. I mean, they'll right. walk ac- moonwalk across the Atlantic Ocean to go see Taylor Swift, but they RSVP to show up for one day and sit on a beautiful lawn in Denver, Colorado on a beautiful day. And they're too crazy busy. They got really caught up with their Peloton or their hike that day. And so in the end, honestly, I think that white supremacy, capitalism, patriarchy, colonialism, all of it has snatched their souls and they don't even care about their own kids. They don't even care about their own kids. So if you don't care about your own kids, how are you going to care about you, Amanda? How are you going to care about you, Regina? How are you going to care about me, Syra? They don't. I mean, I guess my other question becomes, if people don't care about kids, like, because kids has always been kind of like the ground, like, barometer thing for everybody, right? Like, everybody Mm -hmm. seems to be able to be like, kids and dogs. We can all get on board about caring about the kids and the dogs. And, like, when we see a man just, like, shoot a dog in Tennessee because the dog came too close to him and the cops are like, yeah, that's fine. That even was like, oh, now we've gone to another level. Because, honestly, I feel like they cared more about the dogs than the kids. And once Sandy Hook happened and no one, like, really made enough of, like, and when I say no one, I mean not enough of us, right? Because, ultimately, it should have been everybody being like, all right. That's it. And it was, it really wasn't. I mean, people were able to make entire fortunes, Alex Jones, off of just creating falsehoods about this. And so many people were willing to go along with it. And now I'm trying to understand in this phase that America's moving into, you know, you said something just now about like, when do you move from learning to action? Right. And I feel like I spend so much time just trying to educate people with the mindset that like, If you know enough, it will drive you to do. But it seems like that's just not necessarily the math. And so when we are trying to deconstruct these Karens, how can we? I mean, I don't know that we even at this point, I don't want to sound defeatist, but like these white people are out of their damn minds who subscribe to this type of rhetoric. And I feel like they are the kind of folks that are, there's there's more folks now than ever that feel really bold about just saying like, yeah, I learned that, but I don't care. How do we manage that? You know, that's a real loaded question. I I just feel like I can only be responsible for what I do, what I believe, what I share, and what I bring to the Right. To the table. So you don't stop. You don't stop. You know, right. as black people, we can't stop. We don't have the privilege of saying, oh, I'm done. I'm done talking about racism. We really, and I love it when white this. people say, you guys make everything about race. No, you all made everything about race. <laughs> yes. I mean, I feel yeah. like I'm seeing more black people than ever say, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm done. I'm stopping. And I'm like, you where did that where did you get this luxury? Yeah. Well, those people point, are I mean, going the- to find out that that they can't stop, that you are standing up for yourself yeah. against races. So when do you stop standing up for yourself? You don't. Facts. 
or or if we're going to be you know sort of more at least me i'm just talking for myself being realistic about this moment in some ways i think we're fighting to be on the right side of history at this point i mean it's watching all the parties, all the politicians, I'm not just talking in about the United States. I had a friend yesterday text me and she works in human rights and she's in Washington right now. And she said the thing that is really gutting is that it's not just the U.S. It's right. country after country after country. You've got Rishi Sunak, you know, who his, uh, we're, we're South Asian. It hasn't been awesome for us, you know, and now you've got <laughs> Rishi Sunak out there being a whole ass fascist you know, and you've got Nikki Haley here and you've got Vivek Ramaswamy and you've got Nimarada. Tim Scott, like the whole thing. Nimarada. Nimarada. I refuse yes, yes, to yes. call her Nikki. I'm like, yeah. your name is Nimrata. Yeah. 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 Cut it out. And she's a Sikh. You know, she's a Sikh. Like the Sikhs have been really subjugated. They've been and very persecuted. Tim Scott. Yeah. Tim she's Scott talking Sikh? about slavery. There are benefits to slavery. Like it is, this is the whole full circle. This is the full circle. This is white supremacy eating itself. And so for me to maintain whatever semblance of mental health that I have, and some people that would probably part. argue that I don't have much at this point, <laughs> is to, to <laughs> we have to pass the time. We have to pass the time. We have to get through the day. And how are we going to pass the time? And for me, I can't not speak up. So I will continue to speak up because it's the only thing I can do. But to be fair to the Black folks that you're talking about saying that they're done, I don't blame them. Yeah. Like, I don't blame them. I really don't. I, I mean, blame it's, them. it's like it's... I blame them. And I'm going to say, as a Black person, an elder who, you know, this is our life. When do you give up on your life? When do you say, I'm done? I'm done fighting for the rights that everybody has. You don't. When we talk about fighting, right, at this point, what do you guys feel like are the tools that we have to fight with? I feel like it's honest conversations. You know, keep having honest conversations. I believe it's like the event we did. I was so excited about the um, New York City Bar Association event because there we're starting to get into the systems that oppress us. You know, yeah. the legal system is a huge, huge oppressor of black people. As a matter of fact, you know this, Amanda, we talk about just us. <laughs> we say justice, yeah. just us. So that's huge. We just did a thing at a public school in Denver, getting into the education system. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. I would say also, truly, even watching what you're doing, watching what a bunch of us are doing on, I've never been a big proponent of, you know, social media, social media, but I will say at least right now, with the massive disinformation happening from mainstream media outlets, it is quite interesting to be able to trust some people to actually speak the truth. Like the disinformation videos that you just did earlier today, mm -hmm. Amanda. Like, I do think that social media is serving a purpose now that in some ways it's it, it matters more than ever. So I think that yeah. that's an, I really believe social media is a tool in many respects for good in this moment. Which I got to tell you, I never thought I'd say that, right? <laughs> like social Me media. Neither. Me neither. For so many times, for so many years, has just been, oh my God, I want to get off of this. I want to get off of this. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I've always thought of Black media as a place where we are represented and also protected, as a place where we are uplifted and empowered. And I know that that is sometimes more shown in potential than in actuality, but on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths, we get to see it in real time. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. 
In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and belligity Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. I don't even think I realized that social media or that I was using social media as a tool to fight, right? Because honestly, it started for me as just like keeping my sanity by just not keeping it in my mind, right? Like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to make a video where I'm instead of me like yelling into the ether of the black hole of my brain, like and ruminating, I'm just putting it out there. And then you start to see people agree, right? Or you start to see people say like, I felt affirmed by this. Mm -hmm. And what you realize is that when you start affirming folks, they start then getting empowered. And when you start empowering Mm -hmm. folks, you start building community. And when you have community, you start building an army. Like it's a force, right? So like that's how that works. And we've seen that work, you know, in, 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 we've seen that exploited in a bad way, right? Like we've seen that with the MAGA, right? Like it's the same process. um, It's just in a negative way. Like we've seen that with Zionists that support genocide. Like that it's the same mindset of like, okay, we're going to do this, 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 and you will feel empowered, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I feel like, you know, sometimes I feel very just kind of defeated. I mean, hearing you, Syrah, say that, um, Really, right now, we're just trying to be on the right side of history. Like, is like, is that even enough? You know, but it's like, I don't know what else there is. I think it's great that you guys are getting into the system. I feel like that's where I'm starting to go. And I got to tell you, it's gross. <laughs> like, it when is. you start really understanding yeah. the politics of things, and I know, Syra, you and I, we do see eye to eye on this, even if you think we don't. These folks are within government. Republicans and Democrats are all cut from the same cloth in the sense that majority of them are cut from a politician cloth, right? And you got to be a certain kind of person to come into this thing as like, I'm a politician, But then there's like layers on it, right? Because then you have people who it's like, I'm just an opportunist and that's its own type of whackness. But then it's like, not only am I an opportunist, I'm an opportunist white nationalist. And you're like, oh, you added some, you sprinkled some mayonnaise on that. Look at that. Then you add on top of this, like, I'm also a misogynist. And it's just like, oh Mm -hmm. my gosh. Like, so even the ground floor was trash, which is a lot of folks, both Democrats and Republican. And then it just gets layered and layered and layered and layered. And- I'm rambling now because I have monopolized this interview. Um, (laughs) But I just find myself like screaming in frustration at how do I, how do I keep us encouraged? How do you all stay? Let let me, let me say something. And I think this is important. I pulled some stats from the Pew report the other day, and it was about how people voted by race, by age group, by different categories, I'll Mm -hmm. tell you, not 1% of black women voted for Donald Trump. Not 1%, okay? So- The cape is always on. We know, we know. And people need to, you hear all the time, listen to black women. As Trevor Noah said, (laughs) they don't have the capacity to fuck around and find out. Right. Right. That's that's right. And, you know, it's interesting about that Pew thing, because you sent it to me, Regina, is, you know, who never gets included in those stats is Asians. Asian and people, so I'm yeah. really coming that? to because we're erased. I mean, like I'm having a whole new a- a- awareness around and we have enough numbers now that we should not we, we, we are not statistically insignificant mm-hmm. anymore. Right. And um Rich, I mean, this is in the movie. I talk about it in our book. Amanda, if you don't have a copy of our book, we'll send you one. It's this. It's white women, everything you already know about your own I racism and how book. to do better. Thank you very okay. much. Okay. And I talk about our my anti-blackness as an Indian woman because all all everybody's anti-black. All non-black people of color are anti-black. And my family came here after the Civil Rights Act. So on the backs of black people due to the Immigration Act. And when they came here, they were trained 
to be anti Before that, there was British colonialism, right? So they had right. to lead. The mm-hmm. South Asian diaspora exists because of British colonial, colonialism, which was British genocide. And, and now we have Hindu nationalists over there on the backs of British colonialism, murdering Muslims and Catholics, right? It's all, it's all doing this. But we come here, my parents, I was, I was indoctrinated to assimilate and my parents never used racial slurs against black people, but it was very obvious that we were to assimilate towards whiteness and not blackness. Right. And, and that was, and that's how we've been trained and to our own detriment, to erase ourselves, you know, don't smell like Indian food. Don't wear Indian clothes. Don't speak native languages. I no longer be speak, small. Be, be, be small. And I went to Alabama last weekend. It was my second time there to, to the Legacy Museum. And I walked through and I'm like, I'm not here. I'm not in this museum. That should not even be called the Legacy Museum. It should called the, be, be the American History Museum. Every person in this country should go there. And the only place... Asians show up in that museum, two places. One, the Supreme Court case that made it okay for Japanese internment camps. It's okay to have Japanese internment camps. And also laws, anti-miscegenation laws, where whites and Asians were not allowed to get married. So I, I truly, I walked out of that. And I'm like, this is who we are in this country. We are fucking pawns. We are soldiers to harm ourselves and to harm black people and to prop up white people. And I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. And I'm also, I understand Vivek Ramaswamy. I understand Namrita. Hmm. I do. It's, it's actually, it's not even Namrata. It's Namrita. Like it's Namrita, worse than that for her. You know? <laughs> Namrita. And, um, and the, all the reasons, like we are erased. We don't exist. We're always the sidekick. You know, it's, it's, so I'm just really sitting with, why am I here? I'm told every day to go back to my country and I, I'm back in my country. I moved to my hometown of Richmond, Virginia, <laughs> and I go to India and I'm told like, I'm not Indian. There's no place, right? For us. And there's just no analysis. There's no conversation. I try to talk to family members about this. I try to talk to other members of the South Asian community and people don't want to have the conversation. They don't want to have the fucking conversation. So if my own people don't want to have it, how can we even expect white people to, to be able to deconstruct it? It, it does. I'm, you're catching me on a day that I'm feeling slightly <laughs> hopeless, but I'm still here. So obviously I'm not super hopeless, but I'm feeling a little bit more realistic about it. Why today? I come from a time. So I remember when everything was black and white. You know, it just was. I live in Denver, Colorado, which I call White Conda. It is so white. I call it White Conda. Okay? (laughs) Isn't it, Simon? White Conda. (laughs) And what I know is that black people, again, we don't have the luxury. We've never had the luxury of saying, I'm not going to be in this fight. And I tell mothers all the time, if you are not up there in that school and you have a black boy, trust me, your black son is being mistreated. I know. I've got children. I've got grandchildren. Because 80% of the educators are white women. And they are afraid of these little black kids. They're so afraid of them that they have no expectations. They let them do whatever they want. And you know what, though, Amanda, because Regina and I just did this workshop with a bunch of teachers, mostly white in Denver. And I was talking about what I'm calling violent indifference. I think all of this is like this is not late stage capitalism. This is not late stage white supremacy. This is end stage capitalism. This is end stage white supremacy. And I, and I am like, you, there's violent indifference. And at the end, remember Regina, this one white woman raised her hand and she said, I want to say this out loud so people can bear witness. And she goes, I see you talking about Israel and Palestine and you care. I see you talking about guns and you care. And she goes, I'll be honest. I don't care. I don't care. I used to care. She goes, I don't care about even guns. I knew about June 5th. And she goes, I don't even care about the environment. And I don't care about anything that I should care about. And she said it. She admitted it. And I'm like, and you are not a bad person. This is what fascism is. This is fascism over centuries, right? Like, I also love how we're pretending we're like, democracy is going to fall off a cliff. This fucking country is genocide of indigenous people, genocide of an an enslavement of African people, Chinese Exclusion Act, Japanese internment camp, Operation Wetback, Muslim ban. Tell me when we had a democracy. I would like to know when we've had a democracy. What are we trying to save? 
but we can't have these conversations because everything you, I, again, I see you, Amanda, trying to have these conversations with people online. And it's what about, what about, what about, I can only imagine what your DMs look like, honestly. Like I can only imagine like RIP your DMs because the what about isms, and that's where we are. People can't even, can't even have a fucking conversation about it, you know? Well, I think when we you, need to know when to go ahead, Amanda. Well, I was going to ask like, no, go ahead, actually, Regina, because I'm going to I'm asking another question. What I was going to say is I believe it's important to know when to cut people off. You know, I'll just say, <laughs> I'm going to need you to go sit down or I said what I said and I'm done. Cause that yeah, will I mean, I'm very the the new one that I learned was um, the new statement I learned that has been very effective to use is listen, I can explain it, but I can't make you understand it. That's right. Oh, that's good. That's can right. I, can I can I quote? Can I please? Plagiarize that? It is for the community. Mm-hmm. It is in the community pot. I can't. I can explain, explain it. it. I can't make you understand it. You know, when you say that the reason why she doesn't care is because of fascism. Why are, why is that? Like, what is it about fascism that makes people not care? I think it, so there's, a, have you seen this show on Disney, The Mysterious Benedict Society? No. It's so good. Watch it. Seriously. Okay. In some ways, I think it's the most interesting depiction of fascism and it's like family-friendly television series, but how it's meant to confuse you. Like, like, so that's what it's sort of the stages, at least I'm 49. So sort of in my, in my lifetime is this confusion. Like I'm overwhelmed. You hear this language. I'm overwhelmed. I'm confused. I'm crazy busy. All this stuff, right? It's like all this stuff. And then you move into, I can't watch the news. I can't watch the news to numbness. So if you've got, and also it's, look, we've had systemic, we act like, oh my God, the public education system, this is by design. Our government does like decided to like yank funding from, from, from education. We, we by design are undereducated and uneducated and it falls like everything else in a shitty system. The white kids get a much better education than the black kids. But everybody is getting a shitty education. Right. Like it, it's to undereducate and uneducate. Right. And then you add, you bombard, you bombard, you bombard. And so now you're, it's too much. It's too much. So we've now moved into the stage of numbness. It really is numbness. And I don't, the, the more interesting thing, my question actually is how are the three of us and a, a statistically insignificant amount of other people, and I'm including brown people. Oh, you're about to I'm ask the question the I was people. literally just about to ask you. God, damn how it. did we escape it? How I was just about it? to ask you. Uh, <laughs> well, I hope you have an answer. What I is don't. The answer that's that? why I was asking you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, mean, I don't. Okay, know. if, if I'm honest, weeks. and this may sound very like woo woo, but I think there's something supernatural that happens. And I'm in for woo woo. <laughs> I like woo woo. <laughs> I do. And I, I, I say that because I didn't start being like this. I've always been like this, right? Like this is like, I've been wired with magic. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't feel like yeah. I came to, I didn't have to have like a near death experience or I didn't have to go do, you know, I didn't have to go work with like, the Peace Corps and like live in a hut for two years to like <laughs> awaken my senses. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't have to do that. Like I like I've seen I've seen people have to do that, right? And like I didn't have to. I just I I don't feel like I ever had to like find something to believe in. Like I feel like I was always here in this way. And my mom has said that she knew when she was pregnant with me that I was going to be a problem. Like she knew it. She was like <laughs> I knew when I was pregnant with you like this person chose me and like they're coming here to like be here. And I was like but cuz I think if someone says that you might feel like they're kind of like there's like some type of egoism in it, but my mom has never said it in that no. way. Like it was always very matter no. of fact that it was like, there's a soul up there that like tapped me and was like, I'm about, I'm about to come she through. Knew. Do you have siblings? Yes. But listen, my siblings are just with my father, right? So my father has four kids and my, the eldest of his kids, Netta, we are the same spirit. Wow. Like she, and, and his <laughs> wife 
is Palestinian. So my wow. brothers and sisters are black Palestinian. And wow. let me tell you, if you go on Netta's page, she's got on a smart, funny, and black hoodie and is like, all right, let's get down to brass tacks. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And my mom is like, it. what are the, like, my mom is just like, how are the odds, like, how is this the way that this is? Like, he made two of the same person in different <laughs> forms. Like, I'm the artsy version, you know? Like, but Netta is also, like, Netta can cook anything, right? So it's like, I feel like we were just wired in this way. And I think that that's the same with y'all. I think there's just like a, a, uh, here's what I think. I think as human beings, we all know right from wrong. And I'm, I'm, when I say all, I mean, assuming you're in a good mental health and all, we know what we choose is to not acknowledge it. Because if we don't acknowledge it, then we don't have to act on but it. But why are people, and like, I think that was never an option for on. me. Why is that yeah. an option for folks to just not acknowledge I don't it? know. I don't know. That's the no, question. Y'all don't have no That's answers. That's the question. <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> we don't have any answers. <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I've always thought of Black media as a place where we are represented and also protected, as a place where we are uplifted and empowered. And I know that that is sometimes more shown in potential than in actuality, but on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths, we get to see it in real time. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and belligity Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. It really is. And I think that, you know, back to white women. Yeah. Is they are really deluded because of their centuries-long privilege, they are really deluded into believing that if they don't do anything, they will be protected. And what I think mm. is bananas is mm. that every every bit of data happening right now, your kids are not being protected from guns. You're not being protected from guns. You are not being protected from climate catastrophe that we are doing. You know, a white American and a white American is like the biggest climate villain on the planet. And right causing birds to fall out of the sky in India and Bangladesh to be wiped off the map and many places in Africa about to be wiped off the map. And I'm sorry, Maui's gone. Miami is like a hot tub, you know, New York city flooded. And there's this real hubris. There's this real hubris that white people have, white women have that they will be untouchable. And there's all the data proving otherwise, and they still can't get off the Peloton to do shit. They can't, they won't, they won't do it. And I think that that's, this is like the full circle of white, this is the end stage of white supremacy. We are actually seeing it right now. We are actually seeing it right, right now when white supremacy is killing white people and they're like, I'm, I'm going to go shopping. I'm, I'm, I gotta, I'm crazy busy planning Christmas right now. And it's October, you know, it's very, it's, it's, it's cognitive dissonance is a, is a euphemism for batshit fucking denial, white denial. <laughs> so if this is the end stage of white supremacy, what comes after that? I mean, the end. Like we're watching the demise of humanity. Nobody survives Jesus. climate catastrophe. Nobody. Nobody survives climate catastrophe. We know that. We yeah. know. I mean, it, this is science. 
This is science. And science and is still real not burning. So do they have it? So do they have the right idea? Like if, if no one's surviving climate catastrophe, should we be at the mall? No, or we should ban fossil fuels and fast fashion. Like there's things that we can do to stop this. That's why I want to. And we act. We we are yep. we are purposefully pretending. Oh my God! It's so complicated. No, know. it's like a. We know how to. They're stop literally it. calling climate change to. the seasons. Like they're literally <laughs> like this is just autumn, and it's like ah. So now the season in summer is is Maui gets wiped off, and white people were snorkeling in that water the next day dead amongst dead, dead bodies. bodies. Why? I paid for this Hawaiian vacation, so I'm going to take this fucking Hawaiian vacation. They're dead. They're dead inside. Their souls have been snatched. They're gone. And while you have the magic that your mom was talking about, you know what the magic is? Poof, their soul is gone. Magic. And so now we're stuck with this shit forever. I just want y'all to know, Cyrus said the other day on Instagram that somebody told her that she was intense, that she was too intense. And you were like, I am intense. That's fucking right. (laughs) (laughs) That's our Cyrus. And that is the story of my life. Like, I I can't even date at this point because I'm like, check this out. I'm intense. I'm very serious. Don't come at me with no fuck shit. This is going to be pointless for both of us. And they're like, well, uh, all right. Uh, good to well, see you. You're ya. too smart. Amanda, you're too, here's you're what too my smart. husband says to me. He says, Regina, people, <laughs> not me, people think you're crazy. <laughs> I go, I don't care. He goes, that's why they think you're crazy. Right, right. Because <laughs> yeah, at this point, I'm like, like me. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Y'all already think I'm crazy. So, I mean, what are we what are we even really trying to pretend for? Like, this is what it is. I think, Amanda, Amanda, you are too smart for 99.9% of the people. Same. Same. I think that's the that's the problem. I don't think I think if I think for for all women who are listening that are suffering from that, it's like if we could just find partners who are like, I love that you're smarter than me, but patriarchy doesn't create those kinds of people. So that's the other problem. Yeah. You know, like that's the other problem. It's not like there aren't enough people out here. It's just that there aren't enough people challenging what patriarchy has taught them. And I always tell the story that my homeboy had called me one day and he had just come home from like a two week silent meditation in India. And then he like went to Brazil (laughs) and did ayahuasca and he came home and he was like, (laughs) he was like, uh, Hey, did you know that niggas ain't shit? And I was like, yes, I actually did know that. Yeah. Yes. No, know that. Yes. <laughs> I you actually have am to quite meditate a, I'm quite to aware. know that. And he was like, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> and now I have to like re-examine my entire existence. And I think when we talk about like just the idea of deconstructing Karen, right? What you're presenting to people is this concept of like, you're only lost because you're abandoning yourself. Like, we're going to give you the information to save yourself. And if you choose to abandon that information, then you have abandoned yourself, your children, this society, this world. Because it's here. And it's not esoteric. Mm -hmm. It's not, like, confusing or confounding. It's just fact. And fact is, like, so frightening for people. Because they've built everything up on things that are just not really, like real, but they believe in it. And so like my homeboy was a study because he is a black man in America and he has been built up on a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't real. And he had to deconstruct the hotep. He had to deconstruct and, and it was difficult, you know, like he had to really kind of grapple with like, oh shit, I was doing that. Damn, that wasn't okay. And then you have guilt And now you got to deal with the discomfort of the guilt, right? It's like, that's what therapy is. And we are in a mass state of PTSD and mania and delusion. Like everybody needs, you know how they have them like giant weddings, like those group weddings? Like that's what we need. (laughs) We need a giant group therapy. Yes. (laughs) Like that's what, and I think, you know, I, I could be crazy, but 
I think social media in some shape, way, or form is performing that for a lot of people, kind of like mass therapy. Like when I see you uh, you guys' videos and like there's so much of your stuff that I share because I know you post it because you're like, I saw this and it made me feel like I'm not fucking losing it. And then I see it and I'm like, oh, let me post this shit that Regina just posted because the people need to see this right now, you know? And so we end up passing along like these these jewels, you know, that, that, that make us feel valuable again. Um, and not like we're just like out here losing, losing our minds. But I relate when you said today that like, you're like, you know, right now I'm just feeling very real. Like, it's like, it's, I, it's like, it's not even defeatist. I'm just my re my re <laughs> my realism is realisming because I feel like people call that pessimism and mm-hmm. it, that for me is frustrating. Like if you're sitting in a room with Karen and you tell them about yourself, you know, they're going to call you a pessimist. And it's like, well, no, no, no. I agree. And I think it's you really guys interesting. Know. I mean, oh, sorry. I just, Go ahead, like, Sarah. we do this work. We all three of us are doing this work around the clock. And anytime I even mention I'm losing hope or this or that, the first thing I get is like a smack in the face. Like, you know, <laughs> you're pessimistic. Your glass is half empty. I choose to have hope. And I'm like, it's such like, I'm not even allowed to have one moment of reflection. Yeah. I'm not allowed to have one moment of, of get, wondering if all of this is for not. And that's also white supremacy culture. That is the, the magical black and brown women are supposed to always keep our head up, always lead the way. We're not allowed to have a bad day. We're not allowed to have a moment of doubt. And I don't have self-doubt. I have doubt about y'all. I don't have doubt. About, I'm not having self-doubt. I have white women doubt. And so the, the minute that happens, it's like, oh my God, if you lose hope, how about this? You get yourself some hope. Yeah. You don't worry about my hope. You go get yourself some hope. You worry about you. And we had a white woman who worked with us who went full-blown Karen, and we're not going to name her name, but she did say something poignant, which was, we hate black and brown women because you don't hate yourselves. And that is true. Why do they and hate themselves? Did they teach y'all anything about white nothing. women in these dinners? They, they don't have anything, Amanda. They literally, all their entire world is consumption. They don't it's have community. They don't like each other. They don't, you know, so different than us. And I would say to Sire, really? Really? That's how they feel that way? You know what I'm worried about right now? You guys are going to laugh at me, but I'm very concerned. So we are, of course, supporting Ukraine. We're going to be supporting Israel. What the hell is going to happen in the U.S. where the Republicans try and steal the election next November? But that's what I'm really genuinely, I don't, I'm I'm not even joking. Like, I, look, when we talk about, like, democracy falling off a cliff, I'm like, I completely agree with you that it's been a, a shit show up until this point. But I'm like, I'll even take this little pretend little democracy we got right now more than than what they offering up on the other side. Yeah. But it becomes harder and harder and harder to tell people we just need to vote for a path forward when you see the path forward out here like, well, we need to use your money for a genocide. Right. So it's like ha- it becomes incredibly very difficult because we know that even though the point of even though the the role of the president is you know kind of um well for the most part for the past few years it's been very figureheadish versus like let me sign these actual executive orders to create legitimate mm-hmm. change and then enforce it but for the most part i just feel like people don't realize that the local elections like louisiana like at the time of us recording this y'all louisiana just voted in a republican governor and 90 and then like uh, like apparently all of the sheriffs were up for re-election and 90% of them won and they were all white Republicans. Okay. And when they looked at the poll numbers, like black people just didn't vote. Like there's gerrymandering. I was getting ready to say that. Black like there people is gerrymandering, don't vote. there is voter suppression, but like black people didn't vote. Nope. Then you have just the realities around the fact that people don't know how the system works, right? So like I created an Amanda We Trust because I want to like try and help teach people how the system works because I'm even learning how the system works. And I'm like, damn, I'm really fucking smart. If this is difficult for me, like imagine for folks who aren't even accessing information and intellect on a daily basis, right? So then you're like, okay, how do we, like, I feel like when you all do these dinners, there's a certain level of reality that it was white women who sent us down this path 
in 2016. Like, they are the mm-hmm. ones who voted Donald Trump in office. Yep. So it's like, but it is wildly distressing to me to think that, like, my future in this company is on the backs of white women. Yeah, well, we all ought to be concerned because it's scary. And also, I mean, it's also on brand, you know, like lynchings. Lynchings were made possible by white women. Like, this is what they've always been. And I think the thing about it for us is now the mask has come off and they get really mad, Amanda. Like, they get really mad. Like, why are you coming it's like It feels us? like it's and like The Witches. The Remember that movie, The Witches? When, like, mm-hmm. they yes. take off their wigs and it's like... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And this and this notion that, like, white women didn't have anything to do with slavery. I mean, there's that amazing book, They Were Her Property, you know? And, and, and if you go to the lynching memorial, it's like stone after stone after stone saying, this black man was lynched because he looked at a white woman the wrong way. This black family, family was lynched because they uh, he annoyed a white woman. It's literally white woman, white woman, white woman. This was in the past, this is less than 100 years ago. This is not ancient history. You know, and this this purposely pretending like none of this happened. Look at the pictures. Look at the pictures of these white women screaming at those black kids Listen. during desegregation. Those women are still alive. Those women are still well, amidst more us. white women, more white women inherited slaves than they did land. So we had lots of white women slave owners. And this is re- this is not uh, like when Regina and I did our deconstructing care and screening in Richmond, which is capital of the Confederacy. And, you know, I was born 110 years after slavery ended in Richmond and we're sitting in this room and it was amazing. It was sold out 550 people and there are people in the audience. And, you know, I said, I'm like, this is really wild to me that like we get to have this conversation. And I'm like, you all literally are sitting on land and it's all generational wealth. These homes have been passed down over generations. Your ancestors, like three generations ago, were slave owners. This is the this is Philip Morris land. This is tobacco and cotton land. And they looked at us like my husband was like that was amazing. Like people got up and left. People were looking down. Like oh. you know, really, um, really intense. And the and the fallout since then has been really like I'm a lunatic. I'm a terrorist. All the stuff. Like based and, and on by the what? way, I went from being a model minority, model minority to a terrorist in ten seconds. The minute that's you, all it's you up. go from being a, a as soon as she a doctor to a, a terrorist. I, yeah. I'm the fourth like generation that. in my family out of slavery. Fourth generation. That means me, my mom, her mom, and her grandmother. That's fourth generations. Yeah. I mean, this is recent history. So here we are, and we can't actually get them to decolonize or do anything because we haven't had any truth. You can't have reconciliation without truth. We haven't had reparations. There has to be reparations for Black people. Until we've done that, what's the, like, it, you know, it, it, this is the Black square. They put the Black squares in their Instagram, and they're like, worn out. I'm so... <laughs> exhausted by my anti-racism work. And like, in my God, they lifted a BLM sign and put it up there until Halloween and then took it down and put up ghosts, like uh, hanging up ghosts from their trees. You know, I don't know. I've had it, Amanda. I've actually had it with them. And I I have truly had it. They are bullshit. They are liars. They hate themselves. And their hatred for themselves is killing us all. And I don't know how to change that. You cannot get people to care about themselves. You can't. What do you do to care for yourself? Talk a lot of I shit with Regina. I affirm myself on, on, a, on a daily basis. I actually do affirmations. Mm-hmm. That's how I start my day. And at the end of my day, I give thanks. I show gratitude for all the wonderful things that I have in my life. And that's how I maintain myself. Yep. I walk a lot. I, I like I'm like the Indian Forest Gum. I swear I'm like everywhere, <laughs> like all over the place on foot, listening to shitty '80s music, just walking. I walk a lot. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I've always thought of Black media as a place where we are represented and also protected, as a place where we are uplifted and empowered. And I know that that is sometimes more shown in potential than in actuality, but on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths, we get to see it in real time. 
Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and belligity Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. What do you do, Amanda? I would love to. What do you do? What do you do? What do I do? Um, you know, I, first of all, I lie to myself. So we'll start there. <laughs> I lie to myself and I'm like, perfect. I'm, I'm great. <laughs> I have an endless capacity for all of this. I can manage everything. And then I'm like, but boy, my lower back really hurts. (laughs) And it's because, yes, fool, you're holding all of it in your lower back. Then it'll be like, okay, why can't I sleep? (laughs) Like... So, like, I'm managing all day long, but I can't sleep. Oh, that's because you're not managing. Are you in L.A.? Yes. Okay. So, so you're not managing. You'll get got you got some gummies. Issues. So I will lie to myself about all of that, and then I will get real with myself and get back on regimen. And I found that regimen is very helpful for me. Like, like Regina said, like, waking up in the morning— and having like a regimen for like some part of my day having a regimen, like because the rest of my days for y'all, it's like whatever, like I might be doing the podcast and then the radio show and then I have to do another thing and another thing. But like being able to know, like, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to stretch. OK, I'm going to stretch. I'm going to stand on my head for three minutes, three and a half minutes. I'm going to stand on my head. And can you I'm do not that? Think- can you do that? Can you do that? Yeah. Damn. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Damn. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to stand on my head for three minutes, three and a half minutes. Uh, Cause like wow. they, they said that there's something about like turning your body upside down for that amount of time mm-hmm. every day, like kind of like helps like the equalizing element. Um, so I started doing that. Then like, uh, if I can, I will try and go for a walk today. I got up and was focused enough to go to the beach. I drove to the water. I drove to the water and I sat. That's awesome. And looked at the water. And then my dog barked and I looked to the right and a man had stripped down naked and was sitting. (laughs) 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 And like when the man had walked up, like he was fully clothed in like, like business attire. And then when I looked back, he was naked and sitting on a towel oh minding his business so I minded my business and but it he was wasn't like, creeping up on you he wasn't creeping up and Jordy was not having that anyway Jordy was like look at that man oh my god but I say all that to say that the affirming the affirmations like sounds dumb when you first learn about them and then it becomes like a real thing. And like, it's wild how you can go through so many emotions by just repeating an affirmation. Like I'll start and Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm just saying the thing. Next thing I know I'm crying. Next thing I know I'm like, that's right. No, I'm that bitch. Ah, like, you know, (laughs) so that, that started working for me. Um, but the other part of it too, y'all is just being able to have conversations like this, like being able to have exchange. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that's the first thing you said was like, I just, you know, bitch to Regina because you know, so much of this feels lonely and yeah, it really I don't does. have a problem it being really alone, does. but lonely is another feeling, right? Like I don't have a problem yeah. being alone, but like lonely is just a, it's a, it's a, another feeling. And when you feel like you're watching humanity just disintegrate in front of you, 
Um, it's lonely. It's lonely. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. I, I, I totally agree with that. And that's the killer. You know, the loneliness is the killer. And can I just ask you, when you stand on your head, do you have your <laughs> arms out or do you actually, it's head on the ground? Head on the ground, babe. Fuck. Like Where'd this. you learn how to do that? I was a gymnast. Really? Ooh. I was a gymnast. So like, I mean, what I really want is to get another trampoline, but I just don't have the room for it. But my mom, in a fit of adult tantrum, gave away my trampoline because she was mad at me. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever get over it. I genuinely don't know if I'll ever get over it. But oh my God. like I, and I mean, that, that was something I would look forward to when I would go visit her. But like at this point, I'm just like, are you about to just put a trampoline in this backyard just for like your own just joy? Like, because I love yeah. just jumping up and down Girl, on a trampoline. Get you a trampoline. Get you a trampoline. Do y'all think I should do it? Do yes, you should absolutely yes. get a trampoline. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Do what's yeah. going to make you happy. Can I? Can I ask you one question? Please ask me whatever you want to ask me. Your profession <laughs> holds the single most power in the world mm -hmm. because Hollywood is. I mean, I go to India to visit my family, and everyone's watching American TV and American movies. This is how white supremacy is exported, right? Yes. Where are your people, not your people, obviously, but where are your fellow celebrities who have gigantic platforms and who are literally posting pictures of like, you know, uh, pumpkin spice bullshit? Like how, what, Syrah, how can you explain I learned, that? I learned in 2019 that these were not my people. So yeah, I don't have an answer for you. Those aren't your people. Those aren't your, we're your people. Yes. We are your people. Yes. I yeah. learned when I like was being escorted out of a club in front of like Black Hollywood because someone who is a member of the PR of Black Hollywood like didn't like me and thought it to see fit to have security escort me out of a club <gasps> and put hands on me just because she didn't like me. Like when I, when I saw that happen and nobody said anything. Nobody yeah. like, and I had a billboard the size of a whole building, like a block away. When I saw that, I was like, oh, these ain't your people. Wow. Like my people mm -mm. are like, are y'all, you know, my people are like Kimberly Crenshaw, if she'll have me, you know, like these are my <laughs> people, you know, like Sherilyn Eiffel, if she'll have me, like these are my people. And, yeah. you know, Dr. Mark yeah. Lamont Hill, that's my people. Like that's yeah, my family. Amazing. Like we, you know, like we I love, are. We I are. I love when they had the black Republican on there, <laughs> and when he talked about going to Cheesecake Factory, they all cracked up. <laughs> Listen, like, when he why said you at Cheesecake Factory, when they went, when when what's his name? Don was like, "What's funny, Mark? What's funny?" <laughs> He's like, "I mean, I'm trying to figure out why he's going to Cheesecake Factory." But look at look at what happened. Harris look Bernard. at what happened to him when he stood up for Palestinians. Look at what happened to him. Exactly. Exactly. That's my people. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. and, and to well, see, it's a shame. It's a shame. And to because see, though, if, like, to see this come them. back around now, though, and to see him now be regarded as a beacon of truth and as an expert. And now, like, people are lauding him for, you know, being someone who stood in the gap long before um, is really great mm -hmm. to see just as like his friend and his sister, you know, but. I don't know where they're at. You know, the reality is that what you named earlier about just the truth about capitalism and opportunism and all those things, they are alive and well here. I mean, this is not a town of integrity. <laughs> like, that's not what this is built <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what this is built on. I mean, I mm -mm. have had to really learn, like, oh, you're going to have to build your own space because they're not really trying to, like, give you room. Like, they're not trying to yeah. make room for you and help you to be able to tell the truth. Like, that's not really a goal in this town. For some people it is. Don't get me wrong. For some people. But um, it has been very illuminating and revelatory to just see how alone I have been in speaking. Like, literally nobody else, though. Like, literally. There's literally nobody else. First of all, I'm really sorry that that happened to you. 
in 2019. I'm sure you've had time to metabolize that, but like Thank that you. really sucks to have your no, own. No, the people listening are like, did she colleagues. just bring that up again? Yes, because even though I have had time to metabolize <laughs> it, it still bothers me. So, yeah, yes. of course it should. So, it should go bring you. it up again if you feel like That's it. right, Regina. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a photograph. Hold on. Amanda, look up, please. This is fun. Two of my heroes. I hope we can do Two it of again. My heroes. Well, I would love to present to y'all some questions that people have asked uh, because we okay. have our Patreon-only segment. So we're going to head on over to the SEAL squad, y'all. So come and check out this little conversation that is expanding as you all ask your questions to Syra Rao and Regina Jackson of Deconstructing Karen. The last dose. Well, I am so glad to be able to share space with y'all and talk and vent And um, I know that you all are continuing to do your work. And even though there are so many efforts to keep fascism growing and to keep the ignorance and the system growing, you know, we have to believe that at the very least, the the drop of the drop of oil that we're putting in the ocean is going to reverberate. And I I know that what you all are doing is reverberating because it reached me. Right. And. That's the thing. If you had done nothing, I would not know y'all. <laughs> like that, you know, that's the thing. Wonderful. Cool. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Keep up the fight. It was such a pleasure to meet you. I feel like I know who you are. Thank you. Same. Amanda and I am, I don't fan girl over most people, but you really like I, I have to thank you truly. You're giving people a lot of hope right now. You truly are. And you're so clear and you're so smart. And it's incredible what you're doing. You've always been awesome, but I thank you tremendously for the the stuff that you've been putting out in the past eight, nine days. Thank you so much. I really, that means a lot. I really appreciate it, particularly coming from y'all because y'all do not play the fuck around. (laughs) 